Well, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Thank God to hear another day, to hear from Him, to bestow of His Word, to increase ourselves in the Word of God, to, to become not greater in the sight of man, but greater in the sight of God. And I just give God glory. I give Him honor. I pray and I ask Him to help me to deliver the message as He has given it to me, you know, clear thoughts, clear thoughts, clear presentation of God's word in the name of Jesus, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, as we forgive us our debt, forgive us our debt, as we give our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But thine is the kingdom. Yes, Lord. It all belongs to you. The power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh, we give God glory this morning and definitely we give him thanks. You know, sometimes things transpire. You can't even talk about it at the time. But all you know is God has been good to you. And I just want to give him glory and honor for that. Uh, today I'm going to be talking, I'm going to continue our subject about leadership. But I'm going to talk to you today about the least being the greater. It's amazing how the things Jesus did, and, and the word said that God was going to confine the wise some of the most simplest things, the way he do things, and, you know, here on earth, we see those who are known to be great in prosperity, um, great in position, we see those as being the greatest, but that's not how God sees it, and that's not what his word tells us, so I, I just think if we really want to get this thing right, we've got to go to the subject matter expert, and that's God, and how do we go to him through his word? So here today, I want to talk to you uh, about the least being the great, greater, and uh, I'm going to be coming from the book of Matthew, the 20th chapter, starting at verse 20 through verse 28. You'll also find this account in the book of Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 35 through 45. But I'm going to start here in the book of Matthew, the 20th chapter, starting at verse 20. And it starts, it reads, Starting at verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her son, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. 
So here, I want to just take pause for a minute. Let's understand what's happening. These two young men went with Jesus to become a disciple of his, but they're still thinking in a worldly way. They joined the kingdom of God under the leadership of Jesus Christ, but they're still, their minds are still in the world. And they're still thinking that way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting them down because here we are. Some of us been saved going on 30 years. And we, if there are some situations, we still think in a worldly fashion. And so, believe me, I'm not putting them down. We're just examining it and trying to see where we can uh, do better. You know, and so I'm not saying they're alone in that, but I just want to examine this and bring up the point that we've got to realize we're serving in a different kingdom. We might be living here in this world, but believe me, we are not of this world. We are children of God. And so we answer to a higher calling than the standard that the world has set. You see, in the world, you might be right by something, but in the eyes of God, it is not right. And we've got to choose righteousness over being right. Sometimes righteousness says when you are right, you don't have to argue about it. You don't have to press point. You don't have to come out with a I told you so. You know, you can let it go. You can let it go. And so here we see that even though they've given their lives to the Lord and they're following after him, but there's still some conversion that needs to take place in their life. Same as us. So, you know, this is the wonderful thing. And one of the reasons I had to stop right here, I had to say, God, don't throw you away because you don't always do things first. He doesn't throw me away because I haven't done everything perfect in my life. He sees something within us that's worth working on. He sees the end at the beginning. He already knew what we could be and what we will be in him. So God is he, he, he's a wonderful God, and I, I, that's an attribute of a leader. A leader do not see you where you're at. A leader will see you where you're going to be. And I thank God for that, because if God had looked at where I was when he saved me, oh, Lord, he would have threw me in the trash can. But thank God that's not how he is. You know, he's there to help us. He sees the full potential in us. He sees what changes need to be made. And the thing about God, he wants us to be willing to make those changes. So I just give him glory and honor for that. But here, they're also thinking that it's the kingdom here on earth. And see, God is looking at his kingdom in heaven. He's trying to get people here on earth ready for the kingdom of heaven. And so they are thinking 
that they're going to rule in that time, in that land, in the kingdom of God. Verse 22 says, but Jesus answered and said, ye know not what he asked. Come on, some of us, we kind of talk too much, and we don't even know what we're truly asking him for. He goes on to say, are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? Now, right here, Jesus is asking them, are you willing and able to suffer with me? Are you able to partake of my sufferings and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Right here, he's talking about, are you willing to die with me? That baptism speaks of his death, to be totally emerged into death. Come on. They said unto him, we are able. But I don't believe with with all my heart that they understood exactly what he was saying to them. Because they're really thinking about living that life right then and there on earth. And Jesus is talking about so much more. And here we have to understand that what I love about them is even though they didn't understand, they were willing to trust him to go on with him. Here you see uh, a bit of faith working because you see that trust and belief in Jesus, not really in what's going to come next. Yeah, Lord, I can. I can do it. I can drink of that cup. I can be baptized in that baptism with you. They were willing to go on with Jesus. Verse 23 says, And he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. So Jesus let them know right then, God have already made some decisions about that. And he is not one to change any decisions that God have made. I love Jesus because even when in the Garden of Gethsemane, when we see that Jesus is praying alone, when he asks his disciples to pray with him and they fall asleep, and he's praying alone, he said, God, not my will, but thy will be done. He said he would drink of that bitter cup, and he absolutely did. He did it for us. He did it for those who have not yet come to him. And he also did it for those who will never come to him. Oh, glory to God. Even though they will never come to him or give their life to him, he still did it for them. Just in case they changed their mind. <laughs> Just in case at the 11th hour, 11.59, they said, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, save me. Jesus, I need you. I need you, God. He, he wasn't thinking about 
just his children. He wanted every man, every woman, every child to have the opportunity to join him in heaven. So here we see that God is more than able. Even though the disciples thought they were able, our ability comes through him, through his ability. So, yes, they are able. Verse 23 says, And he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them of whom it is prepared of my father. Verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brothers. So here you see the other the other ten disciples get really upset that the brothers had the audacity to ask of this. You know, I'm imagining, they probably said, who does he think he is? Who do they think they are? Do they think they're better than us, that they should be granted that? You know, a lot of times, you know, when people come out and they speak what's on their heart and their mind, I mean, I just really don't think we should get that upset with them because at least they're being honest with the Lord with what they're thinking. I'm not sure that some of the other ten didn't think that, and these two were the only two brave enough to say it. But it do it does show you that they're thinking of right now and not what's yet to come. Verse 25, but Jesus called them unto himself and said, see, Jesus understood another trait of a good leader. He knew that fight and indignation was brewing. Not only did they say it, but they felt it so much in their heart that it had to come out their mouth or they were going to explode. So Jesus knew this was something he needed to deal with. And this is something, a trait of a good leader. Don't get upset when your leadership comes to you to talk to you because the leadership within them is drawing them to do that. We don't need all these little fires breaking out in the church when the church is trying to do, the body of Christ is trying to lead unbelievers to Christ we can't have the children of God fussing and fighting about who's going to be in charge. Trust your leadership that they are going to God, that they are praying about these things. Matter of fact, give them the opportunity to pray. Sometimes folks want to be so familiar with their leadership always. And I'm not saying you can't call your leadership, but your leadership is not your best friend. That's not why God put us there, uh, to try to be pen pal, a prayer partner. I'll be your prayer partner, but it's going to be on the line on every uh, morning at 6 o'clock or on Thursdays and Wednesdays. Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We can be prayer partners then, 
and if something happened in your life and you need Pastor Lester and I or, or Pastor Fever and Pastor Phoebe and Pastor Eric, by all means, feel free. But to get on the phone and be chatting pals and going over what you bought at the grocery store, what new outfit you got, it's more important things to like than that right now. There is a kingdom being built and thrusting itself forward, and we are a part of that. We are a part of that. I tell you, God is so good. I'm not saying God caused anything to happen, but some of the things that has happened and shut down this this world, I tell you what, you ain't out at the shopping mall every day or every Saturday and Friday. We have had a chance to sit and ponder over what's more important in life. You know, taking care of our families, getting out, getting food for our families, praying for people. I have a neighbor I haven't seen since all this has started. And I'm going to tell you, this neighbor hardly ever spoke to me. You know, every now and then, you know, I when I speak to her, sometimes she just look or sometimes she act like she on the phone. Or she might have been on the phone, but she wouldn't even look this way because she didn't want to even speak. And that's okay. Do you realize when I noticed that I hadn't seen her and time kept growing, I began to pray for this woman. And I'm still praying for her. I don't know what has happened to her, but I know she hasn't been to her home. And I'm concerned. And so I have been praying to God for her health for her welfare, for her salvation. And so, you know, we can't get sidetracked with if someone's speaking to us or not. I want this young lady to be saved. I want her to make it to heaven. I want her to get to know Jesus in the pardon of her sin. That is so much more important than someone speaking to me or waving at me. We've got to be kingdom-minded. We've got to stop this being uh, so in tune with earthly things that we have no room for godly things. I'm not saying ignore everything here because you have a body, you have a home, you have a family that needs to be taken care of, but we cannot give it more of our attention than we give spiritual things our attention. And so here we see that a good trait of a leader is to not only be able to live in this earth, but also keep your mind in the heavens. We've got to do it. So here, Jesus in verse 25, he says, it starts off, but Jesus called them unto him and said, ye know that the prince of the Gentiles, talking about the unsaved, they exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. So here he's talking about two levels of earthly leadership. He said, that's how they do it here on earth. You know that the princesses of the Gentiles, not kings, but princesses. He's talking about 
second layer, the one right under the kingship, he said they exercise dominion over them. In other words, they rule over them. He says, but he said, the kings, talking about the great, exercise authority upon them. Verse 26, but says, but it shall not be so among you, talking among us, the children of God, the disciples. And then he goes on to say, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. This word here, minister, is translated as servant. Oh, come on now. Ooh, we don't like to hear that. Don't call me out as no servant. But that word minister, and we carry, it's amazing that people covenant that title as a minister. But it means to be a servant. It means to serve others. I think Jesus showed how he could be a servant so at the time where he washed his disciples' feet. They didn't wash his feet. He washed their feet. And you see, back in those days when a, a traveler would come visit your home after walking in the dust for so long and wearing sandals, the first thing that the servant of the house would do when that traveler came in was get water allow them to wash their hands, their face, and that servant will get down on the floor and wash their feet. And Jesus saw himself as a servant by washing his disciples' feet. And so we have to understand here by looking at Jesus, who is the greatest leader. I mean, he gave it all. He put everything out there, including his life. The greatest of leaders. We watch him as he washed the disciples' feet, as he became as a servant, a slave. But then he says in verse 27, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So Jesus said, I've already become that. I've already done that because I'm chief among you. But now, instead of chief among you sitting on my right hand and my left hand side, let him become a servant now. I got to tell you, Jesus is right about everything he said. Little did James and John know that they would become great servants in the kingdom of God. So let me tell you what happened to those two. In the book of Acts, the 12th chapter, the second verse tells us what became of James and it reads and he killed James talking about Harry the brother of John with the sword so you see even though James he 
He was able to write a book. He was able to give some insight. He was able to help us learn his faith. He was baptized, oh my God, into death along with Jesus. Look at what happened to John, Revelation 1 and 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. Oh, yes, he suffered. And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the aisle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So you see, they were used mightily by the Lord. Oh, yeah. They became servants, servants, even unto death. And you look at this word, I, I kept reading this scripture over and over, where he says, we understand what John is saying here, that he also am your brother and companion in tribulation, which could be speaking of us all, because all of God's children will be tribulation. And in the kingdom and patience, this word patience, Means he was preserved. You see, it. Listen, it was a, a a date. It was a time that God knew that John would lose his life. His life would be taken. But he put John out there on the Isle of Patmos because he had a work for John to do. John had a few books to write. John had to see some things and write them down. Some things that we needed to read about. Oh, don't you tell me God will not keep you for the purpose that he has called you. Because John is a clear picture that God protected him even to the point of protection of putting him out on an island by himself where no one could bother him. He preserved him for that time, and he will preserve a, a time that is yet to come in our life. And he said he was put there for the word of God. He had to write down some words, the word of God, and for the testimony. He had to testify of Jesus Christ himself. So here we see how how it was brought to pass their lives, how it played out for them. That they did drink of their that cup, and they were baptized in that baptism. And I'm telling you all, there coming a day and time when the children of God, who's here now, the cup that we're drinking is sometimes maybe it's not that. We suffered in the same manner that they did. You see, they died for Christ. But what Christ is asking us now is to live a, a life for him. A life that's pleasing unto him. To live it, to speak of him, to tell people about him. And I'm telling you, that that's not the easiest thing to do in today's society. Because people hate you because you're saved. They, they will literally hate you because you know Jesus and the pardon of your sin. But here we see, they became a 
observant to the Lord and to the word of God. Verse 28 says, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Oh my God. Here he's talking about himself. This is Jesus. You reading along with me, you'll see your in your Bible it's written in red letters. Letting you know that this is Jesus talking. And he's referring to himself as the Son of Man. He's talking about some of the things that he, as a man, born as a man, have come to do. That he didn't come here for anybody to be a servant unto him, but he came to be a servant and to give his life a ransom for many. To give his life a ransom. In other words, this word ransom, this phrase, <coughs> excuse me, using this term ransom is very important because a ransom is paid on the behalf of someone who's been taken as a hostage. And so he's saying, I didn't come here to give myself for a free man. I came to give myself for a man, a woman, a child, for mankind that has been taken hostage by sin. Oh, come on now. <laughs> sin had taken us hostage. But Jesus said, I came to pay the price, the ransom, to set them free. And that he has done. Jesus has set us free. So he, and I love what he said. He said, and not, and he said to give his life a ransom for many. So listen to this. He knew all could be saved, but he knew that all wouldn't be saved, that it would be many. He could have said, but to minister and give his life for all. But he chose not to use all because he knew that all would not turn to him. He knew that many would. So for those many, here he is. And for any of the all who decided to join him, there was a pathway for them. Oh, look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at how he made a way regardless what a man would decide to do if he even would give himself to the Lord there was the ability for him to do so I thank the Lord Jesus I thank him listen to this in Matthew the 23rd chapter verse 11 says but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be obeyed. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Listen, 
We have to learn that to be greatest in the kingdom of God, you're going to find yourself being the least here on earth. And you know what? That's all right. That should be all right with us because if our view, if our mindset is to propel the kingdom of God, the things that matter in the kingdom of God should be the things that matter to us. Oh, I'd rather be exalted in the kingdom of God any day over the things that's in the kingdom of this world. Verse 13 says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You could really say, Woe unto you, leaders. Those who are supposed to be leading the people of God, he calls them hypocrites. But ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against me, but you neither go in yourself, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. In other words, you're being a stumbling block. You're blocking the doors of heaven. And you know what a good leader will do? A good leader will open those doors. We're not going to be hypocrites. We are going to propel the kingdom of God here on this earth as servants, as being the least that we can be propelled and exalted by God Almighty. You know, it's amazing that even though we know it's good to think eternal because we've lived here on this earth and that's what we know and that's what we've been taught, we allow temporal things, things relating to worldly things, oppose our spiritual affairs. And that we can't allow to continue to happen. We've got to think like Jesus thought. We've got to look at people and we've got to see the good in them. Do you understand a good leader can bring out something in a person that they didn't even know they had within them? And as being good leaders of God, we've got to trust God to bring that good leadership out of us. I've got to uh, close up with this testimony. I remember years back, uh, really even decades back, the impact that leadership had on me and my family and my home. My husband and I, you know, we were newly saved. We really gave our life to the Lord back in the early 90s. Even though we thought we grew up being saved, we thought as young adults, really, we were saved. But see, sometimes you don't understand what the real thing is. You live in that counterfeit for so long, you don't understand 
understand the real thing until you run into it. And so we went to a church, you know, that God had ordained for us to go to. Was it a perfect church? No. But I got to tell you, with some good people there, and they taught us a lot. They showed us. God used them to show us the value of good leadership. Good teaching. And at that time, that's where it was. And so we go there, and um, as we studied the Word, you know, that's what we were taught there. You need to know the Word. You cannot go on old fables of what people have said and all these old things. You need the Word. And so there, you know, I remember... One day when um, my husband, they were talking and teaching, and they had asked him to teach this lesson. And I'll never forget when he began to talk about, speaking out of the book of Ephesians, and he talked about how a husband and a wife should submit themselves one to another. And he began to say, because I'm a leader in my house, I'm going to submit myself. He said, I'm going to show my wife. I'm going to teach her. I'm not going to ask her to do what I won't do or what I can't do. And that was a big turning point for me. It was a gigantic turning point for me in living my life as a woman of God to see that my husband and how God had thought so much of me to give me a husband that would lead by example, that would lead from the front and not from the rear, who would go out first and would do those things that he is asking me to do. See, not only did Jesus do it for us, but he sent me a husband that if I didn't get it when Jesus showed me, let me let me show you again. Let me show you through your husband. And that was a great turning point for me. Great turning point for me. It changed my life. Because, see, thanks. It's one thing for us as saints to tell people how they ought to live and what they should do. And it's always they, they, they. But when will us, when will we come into play? When will it be inclusive? And that's what a good leader will do. A good leader will bring us together. A good leader will show us that we can do this together. A good leader will go out front. A good leader will will make hard decisions, will do hard things. And Jesus has shown us by giving his life. There was no one greater in leadership than him. But yet, he made himself a servant unto us. And so if I don't leave anything with you, I want you to remember this. What verse 
26 says, But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this day that you would propel us all to greatness. Oh, Jesus, by being servants to others. God, not that we want to be served or be ministered to, but that we will minister to and serve others. But, Father, you have said in your word, for what we do unto the least of them, we have done it unto you. You have said in your word, O oh Lord, that even when the servant came to you and you welcomed him into heaven, he said, Lord, Lord. But, and you said, when you fed the hungry, you have fed me. When you ministered to the prison, you ministered unto me. And they said, Lord, Lord, I never fed you. I never ministered unto you. And you said, but what you have done unto the least of them, you have done it also unto me. And God, let us take on that attribute of Jesus to be servants of others, to go around giving to what we, to those we can, to help those we can, to speak life those we can and not to speak death. We want to speak death unto darkness, death unto the works of the enemy, but we want to speak life unto the children of God. Lord, help us. It is my desire, our desire, to be better followers of Christ Jesus, to love more, to give more, to be more in the kingdom of God by being a beggar and by being lowly and by being meek. Oh, Father, your word has given us a road now to greatness and that we shall be, that we shall accomplish, not in our name, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I believe you will take care of us. I know you will take care of me. And I will work to take care of others. Father, we want to have a word in our mouth for every man, woman, and child that we come into a pathway with. We want to give them hope by giving them your word, Lord. And Father, in the name of we continue to lift up those who are in need, God. We continue to give of our resources to feed the hungry, God. To minister to the weak and the needy, God. To the widows, God. All to help bind up the broken hearts of those, God, that are in need. To speak a word God, of healing to those who are sick, 
and to minister to those who are with in need. Lord, we thank you, for you are our true example, Lord. Without you, we can do nothing, but with you, Almighty God, all things are possible. We leave our lives in your hands, God. We know that you will only do good toward us, but we are your and you are our God. And Lord, I want to say this day, we declare our love for you, our adoration for you, God. For you, we adore, Lord. We lift your name up on high. Emmanuel, God with us. For you are our strength. You are the power in our right hand, God. Oh, Jesus. We just thank you. For there is a work to be done, God. And we will do everything that you have called us to do. Because you have not sent us out powerless. You have sent us out with a strong hand. You have sent us out with your word with your spirit. And God, we're just asking you to help us to see the path that we are to go in. To see it and to bring it to fruition, Lord. That we will have this. Not for ourselves, but to present to you, God. What else do we have to give you, Lord? There's nothing else that I have, God. Other than the fact that we know we can do all things through the Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And we will do all that you have called us to, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. We give you honor this day. And we will honor you with our lives, God. We will live our lives. We will live the word for you, God. And we know, Father, you're more than capable of giving us everything we need to make it come to pass. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And I now turn you back into the hands of Pastor Lester. All right, and well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I, I know we got tons of people ready to comment, so it's open. Take your phone, start, start six, and you can go ahead and make your comments right now. Amen. Lord is open. I'll, I'll do mine at the end, but, you know, kind of wrap everything up. All right, then, who wants to be first there, comment, or special prayer request, amen. 